You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvogel Report, as always. And if you want to check out the Patreon page, you can at Straight Up Saints at Patreon. Now, what an exciting game for the Saints. And for the first time in three weeks, we could finally say that our New Orleans Saints were in victory formation and were able to get in the win column yet again to get to 2-2 two and two on the season. And I know that isn't the record that people probably envisioned um, if you go a month past and you look in August and you're saying, hey, look, I think we could go 3-1, and 4-0, something like that through the four, first four games, but they're 2-2. Two and two. It's not as bad as it looks, and I'll talk about it why. Um, and there's, the real big thing for me here is that this can go down as a season-defining win, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But let's just recap what has happened over the last 24 hours, heck, over the last 48 hours, and it really puts into perspective how big of a win this is for the Saints because you're one and two, you're struggling, you have back-to-back losses, there's talk about your quarterback being washed up, there's talk about your defense not playing well, and then on Friday the injury report comes out and you realize, hey, guess what? You're not doing well, and you're going to kick a man while they're down because you have no Michael Thomas, no Marshawn Lattimore, no Jared Cook, no Andrews Pete, no Davenport, or no Janoris Jenkins. So that's six crucial starters out of the lineup, which is already huge when you're playing a team coming off a big win against the Arizona Cardinals. So that's one. Then two, the COVID nightmare that happens on Saturday night where the Saints tests come back early. They have a positive test for fullback Mike Burden. All of a sudden, there's talk about this game not being played. There's worry about Alvin Kamara being one of the players close to Mike Burden on the plane. And now it comes down to contact tracing. It comes down to retest. Was this a true positive? Was it a false positive? Luckily for the Saints, it was a false positive. They get to play. But mind you, half the team barely got to sleep because of what happened overnight with all the retests. So they barely get to sleep. They get out on the field. They start down 14-0 after a bad drive to start the game from the Saints defense and then a Drew Brees interception that gave the Lions really great field position. You're down 14-0. You got no sleep. You're on a two-game losing streak. You're without six starters with two of them being two of your most important players. And you find a way to claw back, get 35 unanswered points. You slip up a little bit towards the end of the game. No one's going to deny that. But the Saints walk away with a 35-29 to win. That is a statement game. And how about Drew Brees? How about the man for the last two weeks has had to listen to people say, well, the air yards aren't there. He doesn't look great. He looks gun shy. And you know what? I agree. He did look gun shy. But guess what? He looked like vintage Drew Brees against the Detroit Lions. And now the stat line might not wow you 19 for 25 for 246, two touchdowns and a pick. It's what he did. It was pushing the ball downfield. It was making quick, precise decisions. Drew Brees was not hesitant on anything. He was throwing downfield to Traquan Smith. He was throwing over the middle to Emmanuel Sanders. He was throwing balls to Marquez Calloway if the play presented himself. Drew Brees played like a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's why the Saints were able to come back and make that comeback. But that's not just why. The big reason is what Sean Payton did, or what he didn't do, which is something that he does often, abandon the run. Sean Payton did not abandon the run. I don't know if he read all the Huda Nation's tweets about, oh, we're worried about him going to abandon the run. He stuck to the run, and between Kamara and Murray alone, that was 33 carries over 140 rushing yards. Kamara and Murray were sensational. For me, I think what Breeze, Kamara, and Murray all brought to the table really led the charge. And when the Saints got to 14-7 and they had that statement drive, they made a quick stop and all of a sudden they tied. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, this team looks like the team 
that we were talking about in August, in July, as being a potential contender. And again, it's so early in the season, but that's what you want to see. And for them to claw back and fight after a miserable 48 hours and you somehow get a win, that's one of those. You don't care if you win by one. You don't care if you win by 100. You get on the plane, you're pumped, you're excited, and all of a sudden the wheels start turning and you're saying, hey, we got our swagger back. And that's what the Saints were able to do. And I want to keep with the offense in a little bit before I get to the defense, and also get to your Twitter questions, comments, concerns that you guys left for me after the game. Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders, man, the last two weeks were tough. And when Michael Thomas goes down, it's never an easy thing. And and for the Saints to not have their best player for three games is tough. It is brutal. And that is part of the reason why they've been struggling. And we all thought after that Raiders game, hey, what's going on with Sanders? He doesn't look good. And he started to find his groove against the Packers, but we weren't sure, was it really a fluke? Was it some garbage time production? What was the answer? Well, I think now there are no more concerns. Emmanuel Sanders is comfortable with Drew Brees. They know what they want. And they had a great, great connection working against the Detroit Lions. Six catches for 93 yards for Emmanuel Sanders. And how about Traquan Smith? This poor guy, you want to talk about taking shit from a fan base for two years, which he did. It was more so frustration, not because we didn't think Traquan was good. I think a lot of Saints fans, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I can speak for a few at least, said, hey, it's not that Traquan's not good. We know the kid's talented. He has to put it together. Well, he's been putting it together in Michael Thomas's absence. He had a great game, four catches for 54 yards and two big-time touchdowns. And those two touchdowns that he had, he was able to shield off his defender almost like a box out in basketball when you're going for a rebound. And if Traquan gets going and Sanders continues to play well and you bring back the best wide receiver in the National Football League, I think everyone who was talking about this Saints offense not being great anymore is going to look back and say, man, I fucked up, and that's the truth because this Saints offense is that dynamic when they get Michael Thomas back because you have to realize what's going on here. Unlike last year, the Saints have Alvin Kamara, the real Alvin Kamara on their team. He is making men miss. He's making plays in the in the running game, the receiving game. I mean, we saw him on a beautiful wheel route on fourth down. That was a crucial conversion for the Saints. Overall, you have Kamara, who is one of the most dynamic players in the league, and then you have great role players like Murray and Sanders and Traquan Smith. And oh, by the way, you have one of the most dominant receivers in the intermediate passing game in Michael Thomas. And while I'm at it, let me just add, guys, they were without Jared Cook, who's been a big piece of this offense since last season. They were with a lot. Without, they were missing a lot of guys, excuse me. And for them to be able to put up 35, it gives them all the confidence in the world going into next week's game against the Chargers. Now, let's look into another deep dive of why the Saints were able to pull out this win. And it was a big one. Third down efficiency. Defensively, they got issues. In terms of third down defense, that is a problem. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Offensively, converting 10 out of 14 third down plays, that's big. You had that pitch toss for Kamara to seal the deal completely slam the door shut and say, we're going into victory formation. That was big. So that was big time for the Saints right there. Um, and the other thing really was just taking care of the football after that first mistake from Breeze, which was a, a tip pass at the line of scrimmage. Not really his fault, obviously. It happens when you're a shorter quarterback. Uh, but ever since then, the Saints took care of the football. And that's all you can really ask for um, if you're that offense. So I thought they did well in that regard, and they didn't abandon the run, which you could have done if you were down 14-0. The Saints decided not to, and that's why, for me, they came out with a victory. Now, let's talk about the defense, because that, for me, was almost as impressive as what the offense did. This defense had no Davenport, 
no Marshawn, no Janoris. You're missing your two starting corners, and I know they haven't played well, guys, but there is a big difference between Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins and P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson, but you wouldn't have noticed on this Sunday because Patrick Robinson played well. He had that big interception when he was defending T.J. Hawkinson in the end zone. I thought he played pretty solid, and I thought the safeties actually for the Saints looked really good. I know a lot of people had a problem with Marcus mistiming a ball and Malcolm Jenkins getting mossed by Hawkinson, but overall, guys, I thought the two of them played really well. I think Malcolm Jenkins over the last two games is really taking strides, and that is someone who gets a lot of crap from the fan base. Sometimes I'm on him pretty hard, too, in terms of criticism, but I think he's looking really good the last two games. He looks explosive at the line of scrimmage. I saw him on a couple of key screen plays here and there, and I thought he put himself in, re- put himself in really good situations to make a play on a football, and that's all you really can ask for. And the big thing for me, the defensive line actually showed some improvement, um, and, and I thought that was the key. Hendrickson had a sack. Cam Jordan finally had himself a sack. It was nice to see him get going a little bit. Maybe that will boost his confidence going into week five against an inferior Chargers offensive line and an, an injury-riddled offensive line, uh, to say the least. I mean, that Chargers O-line is missing about three starters right now. Cam could be in for big game week five. But sticking to week four, also Anyamata with a huge fourth quarter sack on third down, really slammed the door shut on that drive for the Lions as well. So the defensive line was injured. They came out and played well. You had the secondary missing their two starting corners. They played solid football. And thank God, for the first time, probably this whole season, honestly, the Saints didn't get destroyed by tight ends. I know Jesse James had a 31-yard catch, big deal. TJ Hawkinson only had two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. For me, I thought they did a good job getting back to the basics. Don't let the little things kill you. There was really only one bootleg that the Lions were able to convert. I know it was on fourth down, but it showed improvement for that Saints defense, so I was happy um, about that. Now, I'm going to talk about Ramchek's injury, what that means for this team going forward. I'm going to talk a little bit about why this could be a season-defining win for the Saints in just a second, but I want to get to these Twitter questions that you guys had for me uh, because we had some interesting ones, and and as usual, you guys bring the heat. Um, so I'll get to a couple of them. My first one from my guy James here. He put not a question, just an observation. Uh, I need to give Traquan his prop- props. He stepped up big time in Mike's absence. I think it's been overshadowed by a couple of losses, but I love that third-year leap he's made. Absolutely, James. I think a lot of people are starting to realize, hey, we got a player in Traquan Smith. Let me read his three um, you know, it's three games in the Michael Thomas absence, and I think they're pretty cu- uh, crucial in my opinion. So you have four catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns this past game. The one before, four catches for 42 yards, mediocre. The game that started it all in the Michael Thomas absence, five catches, 86 yards. So for me, for him to do that, have over 150 yards in his absence, big time for a guy like Traquan Smith. So I'm happy for him. Uh, next one coming up, why do you think the Saints hardly address the defense every offseason and take late-round picks? See, I actually think that's false. I think the Saints have done a good job addressing the defense in recent years. 2017 alone, you used a first-round pick in Marshawn Lattimore. You used a second-round pick in Marcus Williams. 2018 draft, you used a first-round pick on uh, Marcus Davenport. Granted, everyone wants that pick back, but it's the truth. 2019, you used a, a, a day-two pick, I believe it was, on C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And even this past draft, the Saints traded up to get Zach Ball, and he hasn't played yet, which is, you know, obviously frustrating that he hasn't seen much time on the field. But the Saints do put resources into this defense. They got Janoris Jenkins when he was cut by the Giants. They signed Malcolm Jenkins this past uh, offseason. So the Saints have put resources into the defense. The, the main issue for the Saints right now is that a lot of their key players, specifically Davenport, are not playing. And when Davenport plays, it really changes the defense because it gives them two 
top-notch pass rushers, and that means you can't double cam because you're going to leave the other guy, Marcus, in one-on-one situations, and he's going to win them nine times out of ten. So for the Saints, that's the big hit right now. Not having a Marcus Davenport on the field really, really hurts them. So that, for me, is the big one there. But they put resources into their uh, defense. I I know some people think they don't, but I I do think they do. This is the offense we expect to see with the addition of Imagine Sanders. I absolutely agree. Do you think Traquan can keep his consistency once Michael Thomas comes back? I think so. Now, I don't think Michael, you know, Traquan Smith is going to be able to have two touchdowns uh, here and there in one single game. But when Michael Thomas comes back, it gets easier for Traquan Smith. He sees lesser cornerbacks in terms of talent. And now he has all the confidence in the world to make plays. And more importantly, and this is big for me, I've noticed the last two games, Drew Brees trusts Traquan Smith a lot, way more than he's ever had in his career. So now that trust is there, I think that the Saints, in terms of offense, are only only going to get better as the weeks go on, especially when Drew gets Michael Thomas back in the lineup. How concerning is it that we almost uh, allowed the Detroit Lions come back within the last 15 minutes of the game? Look, it is concerning, but I, I need to say this, and I speak for all of you. This is not I speak for few. This is all of you. This The Lions were down, I believe it was 35-21, and on the drive that they scored and had the two-point conversion, the Saints had an interception by Marcus Williams that was taken away by a bullshit illegal contact penalty on Alex Anzalone, who did nothing. He barely touched the receiver flying by him, barely touched him. Didn't affect his route much, and he got called for a flag that took away a pick, which if Marcus Williams got the pick, guys, that's the game. It's over. So, yes, is it a little concerning? Sure, but I think everything comes with context, and the context is if the refs don't make that boneheaded call on Alex Anzalone, the Saints are up 14 with the ball with four minutes left. That game is over. Uh, That was a mess up on the refs, in my opinion. Obviously, it's not a surprise there. Why do you think the Saints struggle to close out games? Look, I, I know people think this is a Saints thing. This is an NFL thing. And you know why? Because it's the NFL. This isn't college football. This isn't where you get an inferior walkover every two weeks where you're in LSU and you get a player Vanderbilt. This is every team has superior talent. Every team has playmakers on their roster outside of maybe the Jets. And because of that, there are times where if you let your foot slightly off the gas, the other team will be able to claw their way back in. And that is just the deal. Look, it's concerning. I get it. Um, But I really think that this comes down to an NFL thing. This isn't a Saints thing. This is an NFL thing. There's a lot of teams that struggle to close out. I don't know if you guys were able to catch it today, but the Browns were up 41-14. to I walk away from my TV. I come back. It's 41-38. Teams struggle to close out because it's the NFL. You take your foot off the gas, you're going to get burnt every single time. Are the injuries a blessing in disguise? Guys having to step up and give them confidence? I don't think the injuries are a blessing in disguise because you want your best players on the on the field. What I think this can do, though, is be a confidence booster because for you to miss so many guys and all of a sudden you somehow win this game and now you're going to get Lattimore back. You're going to get Janoris Jenkins back. You're going to get Marcus Davenport back, Michael Thomas back eventually. That is a huge confidence booster for the guys who stepped up in their absence they know, hey, I can make an impact for this team. And while they, they won't have their number called upon the way they did today as much, they'll be able to make that big play when they go up against inferior talent. Clock goes to zero on 4th 11. Refs, no call. What's your observation? Look, I said it a lot. I said it multiple times during this game. The refs were horrendous in the fourth quarter of the Lions-Saints game. It's almost like they were saying, hey, let's make this fun. Let's make this comeback happen. Uh, and look, I, I know refs are bad almost every game. This game, specifically in the fourth quarter, they were just downright incompetent. They were incapable of making simple calls, such as a delay of game, such as throwing a flag on a BS uh, illegal touching down the field. I just don't understand it. I really don't understand what was going on there. 
So I got two for you. Thoughts on the game today with six starters being out. You think most of the guys are back for next week. That's my second question. So for thoughts on the game, look, I'll talk about it a little bit, so I don't want to spoil it. I thought this was a gutsy win that will help the Saints moving forward in terms of confidence. As for do I think most guys are back next week, not sure about that. My gut feeling is Michael Thomas comes back, and I think maybe Janoris Jenkins comes back. I can't speak for everyone else. My feeling is Andrews Pete misses another game at least. Jared Cook could miss more time. I have no clue what's going on with Lattimore, and I'm not even going to get started on Marcus Davenport. I have no clue when he is back. Um, do you think Armstead played through injury? Yeah, I think he played through injury, but I don't think it was anything to really hold him down because they actually were using him more towards the end. They were running to the left side of the offensive line. Once Ryan Ramchek went down, you wouldn't really do that if Teron Armstead was incapable of holding his own. I think he's fine, just a little banged up. Uh, I'm happy that Drew's finally trusting receivers. Do you think that uh, will be healthy next week? We'll see. I think they'll be healthier for sure. Um, I'm going to do two more questions here. Do you think Breeze and Sanders have found the rhythm? I think that is a no-brainer. I think Drew and, and Emmanuel are starting to have that rapport that really, really helps you out down the stretch because we've been begging for the last two years, give us a wide receiver too. Emmanuel Sanders is an excellent wide receiver too, so I definitely think they have that strong report now that will really, really, really build something for this offense, and it gives you another weapon to use in the middle of the field down the field, wherever you want to use him, Emmanuel is a great weapon. Do you think how they used Kamara running it more inside today, or, or do you like how they used him, or do you think we're going to see him in space more often? Also, why was he returning punt slash kicks? So for punt slash kicks, Deontay Harris got injured. Saints are just banged up right now. It is brutal. We'll see what happens with him. Hopefully he's healthy because he looked good um, during this Lions game. And the way they used him, I thought they used him fine. I thought they got him out in space on stuff like a wheel route. Um, I thought they used him on the inside pretty uh, pretty well as um Additionally, I mean, look, you can use Kamara in a multitude of ways. I don't think there's a wrong way to use him, and I don't think the Saints have used him in a wrong way at all this year. So uh, I thumb, two thumbs up for me in terms of Kamara's usage and what they've been able to do. So no complaints there. Now, let me switch gears, guys. I want to talk about Ryan Ramchick because I know that's a, something that you guys are really concerned about, um, as am I, because this is a real, real big problem for the Saints. He went down with a concussion. And I don't know if he's going to play Monday. I think the fact that the Saints play Monday night helps them. It's an extra day for him to prepare and try and get out of protocol and all that. So that is good. But, man, when he went down and you had Ethan Greenridge Greenridge in at right tackle, shit hit the fan. It shit hit the fan quickly. I mean, we were talking about this Saints offense cooking. As soon as Ramchek goes down, the momentum's off. They're not running the football well. Drew Brees has no time to throw, and he was doing really well. And that's why they actually stopped throwing the football. Not only were they trying to take time off the clock, they couldn't sit there and have Drew drop back to pass when Ramchek isn't there. He's going to get obliterated by that Detroit Lions defensive line. So the Saints made the right call there to just keep running. So that is a concern. And I never had a doubt in my mind about whether or not the Saints are going to pay Ramchek, but today just proves why he is going to be the highest paid right tackle in the National Football League. When he's in the game, you can't touch Brees. When he's out of the game, you see how much it affects him. He is so valuable. Out of the 2017 draft class, he's been the best guy in terms of year to year. I know Kamara is the most fun to watch, but in terms of year to year, he's been the best guy. Uh, And the Saints are going to pay him. Hopefully, he is able to play on Monday, but his value is on clear display. Uh, with that injury and and seeing how they unraveled once he went down. So the last thing I want to talk about, guys, before I finish this podcast is why this is a season-defining win or why it could at least be a season-defining win. And I know it's week four and it's easy to say pump the brakes and a lot of people are going to do that. But the Saints got their swagger back and I think that is something that we cannot underestimate. What has been the issue for the Saints these past two weeks? They haven't played defense well. They haven't been able to have confidence in terms of getting stops. And offensively, they haven't scared anyone. Well, guess what? In terms of offensively what they were able to do, 
All that Drew Brees air yard stuff, you can't talk about it tomorrow. ESPN's going to have to find something new for content. Fox is going to have to find something new for content. Drew Brees was throwing a ton of passes, not only uh, past the line of scrimmage, 10-plus yards, 20-plus yards around that range. From the 10 to 20-yard range, he threw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 passes. I know I'm sitting here counting. I'm looking at the next-gen stats right now, so excuse me for that. But 13 of them were at least 10 yards in terms of air yards. So people need to pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on whether or not Drew Brees is washed. You can take that criticism and shove it where the sun don't shine. And the defense... Played pretty well. Forget about the garbage time touchdown. They played pretty well without their two corners and their second best pass rusher. That speaks volumes to me. And with the way this schedule's coming up for the Saints, there is a real chance they can go on that October-November run that they usually do. And when I looked at the, se- the schedule before the season started, there were a lot of games where I thought, man, this is going to be tough for the Saints. Now, it doesn't look as hard as it originally looked. So you have a Chargers game. Doesn't look too difficult. Now, is it is it any given Sunday or in this case Monday because they're playing on Monday Night Football? Absolutely. But you have a favorable game against the Chargers. You play the Panthers coming out of your bye. You have a game with the Bears that is winnable. Then you play the Buccaneers in a must-win game because that's a divisional one. And after that, look, you have a tough 49ers game, but games against the Falcons, a depleted Broncos team, Atlanta again, a depleted Philly team, a Vikings team that's 1-3. and three. The Saints schedule looks a lot easier than it did before the season started. And this is the time where if they can get healthy, I think they're going to make a run in terms of their record. I don't think they're going to be a one seed this year. We could kiss that dream goodbye because that you know you have teams like Green Bay and Seattle who are just so hot out of the gate. I can't see them um, not you know holding on to that two game lead they have in terms of the standings. But this Saints team is definitely good enough to make the playoffs. The Saints team is definitely good enough to make a run here, and I think they're going to over the next couple of weeks if they can get healthy. I think the Saints are going to put on a nice little winning streak here. It might be four games. It could be five games. I think they're going to put something together, and it really is going to propel them into the playoff picture. Um, and look, it's still early in the season. I know they're not first place in the division right now. They're technically a game back of Tampa Bay. They proved they can beat Tampa Bay. Can you beat them again and reclaim the division? I think they can. And I think the Saints are in a really good spot. And if they do go on a run, we're going to look back at this game where they were down 14 nothing without six starters, barely got any sleep because of that COVID nightmare that happened on Saturday. And somehow, against all odds, you find a way to win that football game it's a season-defining win. A lot of people aren't going to talk about it tomorrow, and the and you know the mainstream media and 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 national TV people like NFL Network, ESPN, FS1, they're going to ignore the Saints game because it doesn't fit their narrative of Drew Brees showing that he's declining and the Saints defense and just Saints team in general showing that they missed their Super Bowl window. At least that's what people think. They're not going to talk about it. I'm telling you from now, if the Saints get on a run. We are going to look back at Week Four and say this was the game that started it all. And I have a pretty good feeling that that could be the case for this team. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this stressful yet fun Saints victory against the Lions. Um, Obviously, next week's game against the Chargers is going to be interesting to see who's on the injury report, who's not. Do people come back? Uh, Are people still banged up? We'll see what happens. But the Chargers are equally banged up as well. So that is definitely going to be something to monitor in the future. But anyway, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and review it on iTunes. But until then, guys, stay tuned for more content, not only on the Straight Up Saints podcast, but also on the YouTube page. I'll put a video up tomorrow um, around the afternoon for you guys to check out. But anyway, I hope you guys had fun watching that Saints game and get ready because the Saints have another interesting matchup coming up next week with the Los Angeles Chargers, and it will be covered here on the Straight Up Saints podcast.